Well, tonight I have a little bit different of a thing, and that is to just kind of have a good check-in with everyone about um, what we're doing um, here at Church History and Theology. There is uh, a great number of things that I want to talk about this evening and kind of update you on and look forward to what the plan is going forward. Back, I'll give you a little bit of background. Back several years ago, when I first began teaching church history, it was little more than um, me in my living room speaking to members of my extended family and um, several other people uh, from our church. Uh, my first ones were actually in the basement of, uh, of our previous church. And in between churches, it moved to being a personal thing that um, I taught with um, a lot of people that are very close to me, uh, people from our previous church, family members that moved in town, um, people from other churches. And when I moved to my present church, uh, we brought it in there. Um, and part of, the, part of the distance between my church family now and my home led, uh, and, and several of those who attend there, uh, led to this becoming more of a, uh, a live stream. One of the things that has surprised me over the years, uh, especially over the past year and a half, was kind of how big this show has gotten. Um, and I don't want to, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to really talk more about, um, you know, where we go from here. I don't want to, um, I'm not trying to make it sound like um, all of these things are, you know, uh, the reason why I'm doing this at all. Um, I love teaching church history. Um, those of you who began with me know that I would teach it if there was just one person in the room. Um, and I would teach it in the same way as I teach it now. And that's kind of how I've always done it. It's how I'm always going to do it. Um, church history for me uh, has continually developed into something that um, I have a specific passion for and will continue to teach as many years as I'm on this earth. It is something that I find absolutely fascinating uh, to grow in, to expand into, um, but uh, our, um, uh, our typical understanding of it is usually quite uh, on the surface. And that's part of what I want to continue to help and to develop uh, into the minds of those who would listen. So uh, tonight's reflective show really talks more about the long-term plans of church history and theology. Some people have been asking me a few questions. Um, Others love the deep dives. Uh, Some like the chronological walkthroughs and all sorts of things. So um, ever the people pleaser that I am, I'm here to uh, give you an update on how I can make everyone happy. Um, and, uh, want to talk a little bit about why I do this, um, and kind of a, a reintroduction of my methodology, uh, the goals, um, and, uh, and if there's time here at the end, a little teaser of another project that's in the works, uh, for, for those of you who are, uh, super fans of church history. Um, so let's kind of talk a little bit about this. Some of the long-term plans for church history and theology. Well, church history and theology was, as you well know, not the name of this when it began. It wasn't a show. It was just my cell phone sitting on my pulpit uh, while I taught it. 
uh, that was how it originally began. And if you are somebody who was studying with me all those years ago, um, even originally, I didn't even record it. <laughs> it was just an in-person thing. Um, part of me really misses those days where we were all in one room and, uh, and just talking history. I loved the interaction, the, um, the people that were there, um, some of whom were so formative to my own, um, life, my own Christian maturity. Um, uh, some who, uh, show up on recordings that are asking questions or curious about things that have even since passed in the past, uh, couple of years. Um, the, this, this has kind of been a modicum of my life for, uh, several years. It began when I was halfway through my MDiv and it's continued now through my doctorate and, um, and it's just kind of grown alongside me. It, it, and for those of you who have been around a long while, you know that my, my area of expertise is not church history, um, though it is my area of absolute fascination. Um, I, am, I am in biblical studies um, and in exegetical studies. That, that's my main area uh, of study. But church history has grown it with such a fascination to me that um, I'm, I want to do this forever. And uh, I'll do it if there's one person listening or if there's no people listening. Uh, I'll do it just because it's a, a fascination to me, um, which which leads me to kind of describe a little bit of the future of this. Um, one of the things that really surprised me the past um, year and a half was how much this, this show grew. Um, most of you don't probably realize that across all of the platforms that it's on, uh, we're into the four digits of people that follow along every week. Um, I never really, honestly, I'll be honest with you, never really wanted that. Um, it's brought some strange attention. It's brought some really amazing attention, um, of people reaching out and asking church history questions and just, um, curious about things or sending me books or letters or, um, cards and prayers. I, that kind of stuff is is new to me. I and and I I love it. I appreciate that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, but I, I think you anyone who's listened long enough knows this is not why I do this. Um, but I'm grateful for that. Um, and that kind of pours me into this. Uh, if I'm going to do this kind of a thing and just continue to teach on church history weekly or you know a few times a month, however, however the schedule actually works out. Um, you know, if it continues growing, that's fine. If it doesn't, that's fine. I love church history. I want this to be a place that, you know, you can come back to, uh, and I'll still be here talking church history. Um, and I want to make it more of a predictable way, uh, in how it goes about. Uh, and so that's kind of the first part of the long-term plans for church history and theology. And that is, um, after a handful more of the deep dives, um, I am going to begin a new walkthrough of church history, all 20 centuries. Now, let me explain to you something that I've done with this, because I've done it in very much me fashion. Um, usually when somebody walks through church history, it's about 50, 50 lessons or so, about 50 hours uh, for the 20 centuries. And... You can go to most church history uh, lectures uh, series, and you'll see the same kind of layout. You'll get uh, you'll get these little clusters, a uh, lot in the early church, and then 
It'll quickly move through the 3rd century, and then you'll get to the 4th century, and you'll sit there for a long while. And then you'll talk about some councils. Um, you know, kind of the Byzantine church goes off on its own. You maybe have a, an episode on that. And then one or two episodes in the medieval church, and then you get to the Great Schism. And you just jump over hundreds of years of history. Um, and then you start talking about crusades and, you know, Avignon papacy and, uh, you know, Council of Constance, Council of Florence, if you're in a really in-depth study. Uh, and then you make a beeline straight to the Protestant Reformation. Then you sit in the 1500s for a long while. And here's the funny part is, uh, I know why people do this. It, it shows up in, um, in, uh, our most popular episodes are in all of those timelines in those specific ones. Um, I know I can release a 10 part series on Martin Luther or on Zwingli or on, uh, Bullinger and they would just, I don't know, for lack of a better term, they would sell out. Everyone would come and listen to those. Uh, the show would get doubly as popular immediately, but um, anyway, as it continues on, uh, Puritans, 1600s, uh, Enlightenment and uh, modern church era, uh, and you know you get into the, the, the oddities of 19th century evangelicalism, the, uh, the incoming of 20th century bizarreness, um, everything from Pentecostalism to Jehovah's Witnesses, which is not Christian, but um, bears at least a mention in passing, uh, so people don't confuse it. Um, and and all of the all of the differences and changes that the modern society has brought into the world, the liberalism, conservatism divides, um, inerrancy, Vatican II, papal infallibility, Marian dogmas. I mean, there's there's so many things that come up. And what typically happens in a church history course is that it will focus on the really popular stuff as you go along to kind of keep people's uh, keep people's attention. Um, and, uh, and for lack of a better understanding, I, you know, honestly, the first times I went through church history, uh, I did the same thing and, and I'm, because that's how I was taught. And I'm sure my teacher did that because that's how he was taught. Um, and I've had multiple church history professors and all of them did it the same way. And this is something that I want to change after teaching it now for seven years, uh, I've gone through it multiple times and, um, I found some of the most rewarding studies to be the deep dives uh, where we sit down on something and take our time with it. Um, all of this to say, this next walkthrough that I've begun plotting out, I am 20 episodes into the design and I'm not even out of the 100s yet. Um, it is going to be, by my estimation with my familiarity, the absolute longest walkthrough imaginable. I want to make it as exhaustive as I can, not as exhausting. I want to make it as exhaustive as I can to begin in the early church to take months on each century as much as I can to, to drill down. If something is fascinating to me as we pass by, we'll do a deep dive on that. We will, we will discuss an entire night of Clement and his writing to his letter to the church in Corinth uh, right there during the New Testament era. That, that kind of stuff... I want to take my time. Um, often when we're making a walkthrough of church history, you're always kind of like, you know, trucking through to get to the next cool thing. Um, and I'm not trying to make this long just to, you know, just for length's sake. 
um, but a commitment of a walkthrough that could probably take upwards of four or five years uh, is is going to be quite the commitment. But it's going to be. I'm studying it the way I would want to learn it. If I had never run into church history, how would I want to understand it? And that's how I'm doing it. Now, after having studied church history for um, 15 plus years, uh, having taught it for half that amount of time, um, now I'm sitting here going, I wish that this, 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 and this were made clear to me back at the beginning. It would have helped short uh, shortcut a few things. It would have helped clarify a few things. Um, this is how I would have loved to have been taught church history. Now, I know why church history isn't taught that way. I know why it's not. It's because it takes forever. And usually you're taking church history as one or two semesters in an undergraduate and a graduate class, and that is it. And that's the only depth that you're able to get to within the course of 30 lectures, right? Uh, or 30 weeks, rather. Um, you know, you're able to get in like 50, 60 lectures, some review time, some paper time, and then final exams and off your way. It, it's kind of why it's always been that way. And I understand if I'm teaching a 50 part series, like I did last walkthrough, it's going to focus on the highlights. It really is. But I thought to myself, if I wanted to make a, an ideal slow and not slow as a goal, but slow as a provide room for curiosity and distraction, type walkthrough of 20 centuries, how exactly would I put that together? And how I'm putting that together is a conglomerate of walking through chronologically, and then when there's some roses on the side of the road, we're going to stop and we're going to smell them. We're going to take our time. Um, I am committing to another walkthrough of church history. This time it's going to take many years. I don't know exactly how many years. Right now, my conservative estimates are four years. Um, realistically, I it, it could be upwards of six. But here's the thing. I'm going to be teaching church history six years from now. I'm going to be teaching church history 10 years from now. So I'm in absolutely no rush to hurry through anything. And I believe every single era of the church has something to teach us. So I'm not making a beeline for anything. I'm not trying to get to the end of a semester or a school year. Uh, I'm not trying to finish by Christmas. Um, I want to study church history as exhaustively as possible. Uh, one, so that people can have something to reference back to. So that people can search for something. If they happen to be looking into Irenaeus's uh, letter, um, or if they happen to be looking into, you know, um, uh, Justin Martyr writing to Trifo the Jew, uh, we'll have an episode that we stopped and smelled that rose, right? Um, and all of that to say, our next walkthrough is going to begin here in about two months. Um, I have I have a handful of deep dives left that I'm going to do in the non-chronological format as I've been doing the past several months. But our next walkthrough will be beginning probably in May, um, depending on how we finish off these deep dives. I have a several more of the Corrupting Lies series and some other stuff to figure out um, and to finish off. And then um, here's the thing. I had all sorts more deep dives covered. But um, I'll tell you honestly... The, the deep dives 
being done in random format unchronologically is a little jarring to me and I'm the one studying it. Um, and I can't imagine how jarring that is to those who are listening and tune in and go, well, I wonder what in the world century we're going to be in this week. Um, I want the deep dives to actually be sprinkled into the walkthrough. And so that's what I'm doing. That's how I would have loved to have had it taught. Uh, I want to see these things in their contexts. Uh, it would make the deep dives a little bit easier to listen to as well, because when, you know, we're not having to reorient and recontextualize, you know, Hey, we're dropping down into the 14th century. Here's what's going on. You having no papacies around the corner, that kind of stuff. I, I would, I want to be able to just take our time. And if you're one of those that follows along, uh, church history and theology, uh, week by week, I, you know, honestly, I, God love you. I, I love you too. Thank you for, uh, devoting so much time to this. Um, it started off as a hobby of mine and it still is, and it's going to remain that way. Um, which means, uh, when I get to lay out how to teach it, it's going to be how I'm going to enjoy teaching it. And, uh, I am just nerdy enough to make this one of the slowest trudges through church history I've ever heard of. Um, how many episodes it'll be, I don't know. I'm telling you, uh, I'm 20 episodes into the plot and I am not out of the 100s yet, um, which makes this possibly, uh, I have no idea. How's that? Um, but years long, um, probably in excess of 200 episodes, um, which is absolutely the longest one I've ever seen. Uh, if there's a longer one out there, I'd be curious to see it. Um, but, uh, again, I'm not trying to rush towards, you know, semester goals or finishing by Christmas or anything like that. Uh, I am looking to make it as exhaustive as I possibly can, uh, can without it becoming exhausting. Um, and so that kind of new hybrid walkthrough with deep dives all throughout, uh, is how we're going to begin, um, most likely in May here of 2024, um, and there'll be all sorts of announcements, introductions to that. Um, and I got to find a way to, uh, notate that in the show notes and in the, uh, in the titles, um, maybe, you know, doing like a season two episode one type thing. And then, uh, going on from there, I don't know, something that will allow people to, uh, find the new starting place. Uh, podcasts aren't exactly good for things like that. And I don't really know how to do seasons in podcasts again. Um, this is still just me sitting in my office, uh, surrounded by a bunch of reading that I've done. Uh, so if, if you're, uh, aware of how to do that and you want to reach out, oh boy, you're welcome to do so. I would love to, uh, learn how to set up seasons so that people can, um, so that people can check out how to, uh, how to manage things like that. Otherwise I'll just notate it in the title and move on. Well, back to the question of this, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why can't I just study church history and keep it all to myself? Well, it's because of something I think of when I think of church history. Church history I see as an extension of fellowship. And fellowship ought to be done together. I believe that the study of church history is an incumbency on every Christian's life. We are to study this. We are to know this. This is our story. If there's anything in the Western, this is where I'm from, if there's anything in the Western civilization we have lost, it is story. 
If there's anything that the postmodern world is looking to take away from us and our desire, it's to be a part of a story that has been going on for a long, long time. Postmodernists hate meta-narratives, and it is ours to focus on ours. The idea of ultimate truths that supersede our culture, our time, our language, our cares, and our tiny little concerns about our tiny little churches and our tiny little places. We are a part of a story that is much bigger than us. And it is a story filled with people like us, sinners, saints, those who are frustrated, those who are thankful. It is filled with fools and wise. And we look to learn from both, from one a warning, from another an example. So why do I do this? I do this because I love fellowship with other Christians. I do. With all of the frustration they bring, the people of God are the best people in this world. With all of their warts, with all of their scars, with all of the things that they give to us, I wouldn't rather be and learn and love anyone else. And so in my pursuit to learn and to love those who came before, I want to share that with other Christians who are living in my timeline, those who I'm given influence over, those who I'm given responsibility with. Um, immediately, that is to those in my church, that is to those in my family. And so I get to spend time handing down things like this. Now, if there's anything that I learned in seminary um, that scared me, it is how few people care about this stuff. And then how few people that are going to sit under them will care about these things. And so since I do, I see it incumbent upon me. Uh, I have an interest. I have a platform. I have an availability. Then I should help instill a love of church history and others. Search for wisdom outside yourself and find it in Christians who have gone on before us. I actually see it as part of an extension of church fellowship. I just do. <coughs> Excuse me. My methodology, my goals, my methodology is this. Um, when something is not debatable, we study it. When it is, we delve down into primary sources and see who's wrong or who's right, or what is more likely, how is everybody wrong? And what, where does the truth actually lie? Um, there's a lot of fun that I've gotten to do over these years, uh, delving into primary sources and reading things that yeah, I've had to help translate from Latin into English to be able to even understand what's going on. Um, those are great. <coughs> and I'm going to continue doing those things as hard as they are to do. Uh, they're things worth pursuing because, well, who else is going to do it? And, uh, unless I see somebody else doing it, um, I'll continue doing it myself. Um, there's, uh, as far as for goal, I want Christians to hold their chin up high. I want you to be proud of the story that Christ has been building. Because Christ has truly never left his church. He continually builds it. Year after year after year after year. And I'm not talking about the visible church. That's what we have to study. I'm talking about the presence of the gospel, regardless of how many people cause a disparaging view of it in some people's minds on this present age. There are Christians who hold lines that I don't have the gumption to hold. There are Christians that have 
not just held the line, but have towed the line that have held their ground in ways that I, I do not see that I have. I have not lived through the difficulties they have lived through. I have not, I have not expanded my understanding of these things to such a degree that I could actually even say I would stand up in those situations. I'd like to think I would. But nobody knows their true brass until they're actually tested to those things. I guess that's my way of saying when we when we study these things, we join them in their suffering, and we get to be faced with our weaknesses. And man, have I found myself to be weak in the face of so many of these. I remember preparing the uh, the lesson on Perpetua and Felicitas and just looking at the testimony that Perpetua writes down in her journal. This, you know, early 20s young mother, you know, who's got a faith that almost comes across as incorruptible. And it's something that humbles and if it doesn't you're not you're not reading it well so one of my goals is to find humility to learn wisdom i say it all the time anytime i i reassess why we do what we do and how we carry this off uh, i said it i think in the first episode i'll say it again in the new walkthrough episodes we do not study church history in order to validate ourselves from those in the past that remind us of us. We study church history to gain wisdom. Wisdom from those who are wiser than us. Examples of faith of those who are more faithful than us. Encouragement. Gratitude. I want all of those virtues. I want them in spades. I want them more tomorrow than I have today. And those who have been faithful to the gospel and, and, and faithful in their piety to Christ throughout these centuries continually drive me to see Christ more significant than I did yesterday. And so as for a goal of this show going forward, as I continue to teach this, as we start over again, um, here in, in about maybe eight weeks or so, uh, in May, when we start over again, it is going to be with the express goal that a love of church history and a love of the people of God makes us love Christ more. And that is what I want. And if I can in any way encourage other Christians to love Christ more, I will have counted all of this worth it. If it does it for one person in addition to me, great. If it's just me, speaking here to a microphone and I get to love Christ more tomorrow than I did today. Study was worth it. Now I also included in the show notes, a little bit of a teaser thing. And, um, my announcement here is just about over, um, little teaser. There is another project in the works. Um, it is something that I am designing uh, to be uh, an addendum to this 
lesson series. I'm still struggling with how to actually bring it to fruition. Um, I'm not going to give hardly any details at this point. Um, only to say that it will provide a way for Christians to have in their hand um, primary works of church history so that these things can continue to be preserved somewhere other than just the internet. There's something I learned through uh, textual traditions and manuscript traditions. God doesn't preserve his people's things primarily in libraries and in archives. He preserves things through the multifocality of many, 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 many copies everywhere. And that's kind of something that if you're familiar with manuscript traditions, you know what I'm referring to. Um, that's what I would like to do with some of the primary sources that are my favorites throughout church history. Um, how exactly to pull that off in a physical media format is something that I am still trying to piece together and work on. Um, uh, and uh, somehow in my spare time, as I'm still working on dissertations and, uh, um, you know, pastoring a church and prepping for this and having four children and a marriage and a cat and, you know, all the other stuff that goes on in life and grocery shopping um, as if I need something else to add on to all of this. But that may be uh, something that comes around next year or uh, later this year. Um, but something like that. I want Christians to be able to have access to these primary documents somewhere other than a screen. I think we've lost too much to screens and digital formats. Um, we'll see how it goes. But there is something out there. It would obviously be only for super fans of church history. Not a lot of people, you know, uh, hitting up the bookstores trying to find, you know, Ignatius's letters uh, to, you know, uh, to, to the Philadelphians or, uh, or, or Polycarp's letters or, um, rather, yeah, it, nobody's really, you know, busting down the doors for all of that, but some of us are, and it would be nice to have it in a, in a format that's, um, that's, that's physical that can actually work through stuff. If that sounds like something you're really fascinatedly interested in, uh, you're always welcome to leave a comment or, um, uh, send me an email or find me somewhere. Um, you're certainly welcome to, uh, lay down a, uh, a comment on the, on the live stream or here on YouTube, or, um, you can always send me an email too. Um, I never really put my email out there, but you're, uh, you're welcome to find it in the show notes, uh, and, uh, on the iTunes connection, uh, place. Um, that having been said, I'm going to end the, uh, I'm going to end the announcement right there. Um, and I look forward to beginning that new walkthrough. I do have several more, uh, deep dives, uh, already written out, uh, before we get to there. Um, so that'll be for the months of, uh, March and April. Uh, I think we have about maybe four or five more. So, um, and depending on how these uh, weeks work out, we'll kind of determine how the walkthrough goes. I might take two weeks off between, um, I will say one of the things about these deep dives, they take so much more reading. Uh, I know you've probably noticed the schedule and if not, oh, don't pay attention to me, but, um, the schedule has typically been about every other week. It is a ridiculous amount of study that is required for some of these deep dives. Um, and so, uh, how we actually work this out, well, I will figure it all out as we go forward. And that's the nice thing about this. Uh, I'm not beholden to, you know, anything else or anyone's schedules. I'm just going to keep it like this. Um, so with that, 
those are the announcements. If you have any questions at all, welcome to post up some uh, comments. Welcome to send me an email. Um, as always, uh, thank you for joining, and I look forward to continuing on.